Welcome to the Topeka First podcast. We are one church with several locations. Our mission is to reach our community with the message of Jesus. If you would like to give to support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please visit topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. All right. Uh, we are going to look together in a few different passages this morning. We're going to continue on. Uh, you can look, turn to Proverbs chapter 4. In fact, I realize I didn't even put it on the screen. I'm so discombobulated from the day. So you'll have to pull your Bible out or your phone app out. And uh, uh, Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 is our, one of our key scriptures here this morning. We're going to wrap up on family, the family series that we've been talking about in the last few weeks. And we've had some good feedback from those who have said it's really helped them and they've enjoyed it. And our hope is that for you as an individual uh, and as a family that you grow in your relationships and that you strengthen your relationships that you have with others. And, and here's where I really have to ask this question this morning. Are you more concerned with your child's heart, another family member's heart, or their behavior? Something that we have to ask, it's really a critical question when it comes to our families and our relationships, and it, it's vital that we keep this in mind, uh, that, the behave, that behavior is one thing, but the heart is another thing. And uh, stay, you have to stay with me here for just a minute, but th this really stems out of the Bible. Here in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, the scripture tells us there, he says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. This is a key passage for us as followers of Jesus, and uh, uh, Proverbs is telling us that our behavior tends to come from our hearts. It, it comes from what's inside of us and, and what's going on inside, and, and this is why it's imperative that you can begin as a family to process what's going on in the heart. For you as an individual as well, you need to process what's going on in your own heart as you look to the Lord and are in His presence. And Behaviors tend to follow what's happening in the heart and mind. That tends to be the way it works. And although you can't de demand a heart change, in a family you, can, you still have to be able to set boundaries with kids and those kind of things. So kids understand limits in their family. They, they also understand limits in the society where they're living and going to grow up and work and, and such. So th those are important. And teaching biblical morals to our kids while they are young is significant. And the time that we live at this point in this day and age, we need to make sure more than anything that we are training and teaching our kids so that they can grow up uh, following the Lord and knowing what it's like to live in this world that we live in. And uh, so we, un we understand that if you have a heart, uh, change in your heart, eventually some behaviors will change in your life because there's been a transformation on the inside. And since the heart is so significant, we have to make sure that you're connected to God as your source. He must be our source more than anything else. And when we look, at other, when we look to other people to be our source, whether it's one of our kids or our spouse uh, or even uh, real good friends, it can put a strain on our relationships and leave us emptier than we were before. 
And so it's important for us that we, we pay attention to these things in our lives. And we're going to get back to that a little bit here today. And, and, but it takes us to this next question here. So who is responsible for what is in your heart? Well, you are. Right. Yeah, it's you. You're the one that's responsible for it. And who's responsible for what's in my heart? Well, it's me. I'm the one that's responsible, and that's, that's the way it is for us. I, I'm not responsible for what you hold in your heart, and you're not responsible for what I hold in my heart. Uh, but Proverbs 4.23 reminds us that above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. So we need to make sure that we care for our own hearts, and then we need to make sure that we don't ignore others who surround us. We have, guarding our heart does not mean you should, uh, that you should shut others out of your life. Sometimes people think that's what they need to do, but that's, that's not the best either. Your heart can be the source of love and joy and pain and bitterness and even hope and forgiveness. These things are important, but there, there's an author named uh, Willard uh, Harley Jr. He's written many books on relationships. And, uh, and years ago, he coined the idea of the love bank, and some of you probably read one of his books and, or heard about it or, or listened to some of the things that he taught, but he talks about the love bank, and when he formed this idea, he was really focusing on couples, on marriage, and that type of thing, and he would talk about the five top needs that men needed, and then the five top needs that women needed, and, uh, and that was good, and they were, they were kind of general uh, but some, some, kinds of our, some kinds of interaction that we have with others, what he was saying, fill up their love bank. So if I do something nice to, uh, for my wife, it fills up her love bank. If she does something nice for me, it fills up my love bank, and that's just the way it works. Or if you have friends in, in, in good uh, friendship relationships, it can do the same type of thing. It can relate to our other relationships in our lives as well. Really, this... It includes other relationships because all of us have the need to be loved by one another. But the love we need may come from our friends, it may come from our family, from our church family, but ultimately we need to understand that we are loved by God. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. We know that he loves us. He loves us so much, he gave us his son. So you, you may be a person who really needs to sit back and have someone listen to you. Maybe that's the way it works for you. Uh, and when they do, it really fills you up inside. You're like, you feel good about that. Maybe you're another person who says, you know what? I need somebody to go do yard work with me. And that, that's important to me. Or so there's so many different things. Maybe it's uh, you want to go to the gym together with somebody and say, hey, let's go work out. I think I need to learn how to do that here lately. I'll be glad to get past the winter time, right? <laughs> but, uh, you know, everybody is a little bit different, and each of us have different things that fill up our cup, so to speak, or fill up that love bank. And we, we have to remember uh, there are some biblical principles that are important for us that, that behavior flows from the heart. You have to focus on the heart before behavior because behavior comes from the heart. And I understand with little children you have to help and give them boundaries and such. That's normal. It doesn't throw that out. But we need to remember the heart. Matthew chapter 15. Let's read this together if you want to put, turn over there. 
In the New Testament, Matthew 15, verse 17 to 19, Jesus says this. He's, he's speaking. He said, Jesus asked them, don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person, but eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. If you look at the context, what Jesus is talking to some religious leaders there, some of the people in the community, and he's ta talking to them, they had been big sticklers on making sure they did everything that they were supposed to do on the outside. And uh, we, would, we would call that really behavior. And, and those things, they were supposed to be washing their hands. That was part of the ritual, part of the things that they were supposed to do. And we all wash our hands, you know, if we do something, we wash our hands, and that's good. Uh, but, but he's talking about, really, about behavior here. And, of course, the, to those people, they had been taught those boundaries that they had to follow, and, and those rules were good, and it had really been set up, uh, set the people up to understand how it was important to live for God. But what happened was, is through these, uh, the, these same people became so focused on their outward behaviors that they seemed to ignore the heart themselves, and we have to be careful that we don't ignore the heart. The issues that came from their hearts ended up being destructive to everything around, everyone around them. So we too need to be careful about what we say and what, what, uh, how we say it with what type of an attitude that we say it. Uh, we can have a whole sermon on that by itself and we're not going to deal with all of that today. But Jesus too, like Proverbs chapter 4, reminds us that our behavior flows from our hearts. So when it comes to our communication among our friends and families, we need to keep in mind it's not just what you say, but it's how you say it, right? And we can all be tripped up in this area and mess up a little bit, and so our hearts tend to, to match the behavior and the tone. And let's say I said this, I, I, I'm talking to my wife, Jody, and, and I say, let's cook, Jody. Of course, number one, if I said that to my wife, she would look at me and say, are you sick? <laughs> she doesn't want me cooking for her. <laughs> and uh, so she would, she would probably be wondering, and I would say, no, let, let's cook, and uh, let's make dinner or something or other, and she would still be shocked. At, and then I would help her probably, and she would probably finally just push me off to the side. It'll be okay, honey. <laughs> But if I looked at her and I said something to her different, the same words to her, and if I didn't put the comma in the right place, and if I looked at her with wild eyes and said, let's cook Jody," some of you got that, I think she would run the other direction. <laughs> she may even call 911, this man has went crazy. The second thing we must look at here in our families is the concept here of the love bank. And so the love bank represents, uh, it represents the heart. We're 100% responsible uh, for our own hearts, and the heart is the source of love, joy, 
but it also may hold things like anger or bitterness or resentment and those things as well. So you should be pouring from the reserve that you have stored up in your heart from the time that you spend in your relationship with the Lord. Uh, even times like this, we can come and we can connect to the Lord and be built up and strengthened. It's important for us, uh, and each of us need to be growing in our faith, in our love, uh, in our walk, and we're all at different places in our walk. So this morning, I'm going to kind of illustrate this idea with, with a little bit of water, with a pitcher, and uh, we understand that even as human beings, that God's created certain things in us, and love is one of those attributes that's in us even before we came to faith in Jesus. We will see people who don't know Jesus yet, and they may love their families and those things, but yet we, we need to keep in mind what the Apostle John said over in 1 John chapter 4, verse 15 and 16. He says, if, if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. He is love. Whoever lives in, lives in love lives in God and God in them. So and we understand by the, what the script, scripture teaches and that happens when we put our faith and our trust in Christ and we have this love then inside of us. We have the love of God in us when Christ is in us. We need to be willing to share that love with our family and with our friends, with those around us. Uh, we do need to pour ourselves into others. We need to be willing to pour ourselves into others. And you start out filled with fellowship with one another. You fill up, uh, you fill up, you're filled up with uh, not only fellowship, but also in a time of worship as you interact with the Lord and, and, uh, and prayer. But your pitcher is filled up with God's love and His strength. And you, you have to be filled up to be able to be poured out. It's really hard to pour something out of you if there's nothing in you, right? So I have some of these other cups in here, and that one's empty, so we won't do anything with that one. Uh, there's nothing in it to give, is there? But there needs to be something that's poured into it. So if we have something in our life, then we can pour ourselves out into others. And so it's important for us and our families to try to build up and to schedule our lives in, in some sense so that we can pour into each other. So the first thing you may do, say if you're married, you may you, you have a spouse, and if you're married, then the first thing you may do is to fill up the cup of your spouse if you're married. Now, this one's kind of an ice cream cup, so this has to be your spouse, right? None of the others are ice cream cups. So if that's the case, you've you got to fill them up here. You've got to put something in their lives out of what you have, right? So you come home from the day, and, and you put a little water in there, and you, you, you put some a life into them from what you have from your day, and and sometimes you, you got to make sure that you give your spouse, number one, the best. That's the way it needs to work. Sometimes people think, oh, it's the kids first. But really, you didn't have the kids until after you had the spouse. And so you need to try to fill up your spouse in their life. And then if you have kids, you, got, you have some kids here, you want to fill them up. You got your first kid there, you got to fill them up. You got to spend time with them. You've got to show love to them. They need your time. They, they need what you can give them. You've got a kid, and, and so you want to, want to help them, help your children, encourage them. The time that you spend with them is important. 
That doesn't mean everybody's perfect. We have to be able to set back and make sure we have that time. Then you have another, so you have another kid, and then you want to make sure that they have what they need. That, and you know, the, the thing is, is every individual is different, right? So one kid may act one way, another kid may act another way. One may need, need certain kinds of things. Maybe, maybe you're going to fill them up by, I don't know, maybe you're going to go play baseball or something. But another kid, you may not want to do that. Maybe you want to sit on the sing, a swing and talk. So you need to be able to try to fill them up put a little bit of a love and hope in their lives because you have something. If you, if you kind of look at what we got going here, we've already, we've got rid of half of our picture, haven't we? It's just, it's just the way it is, but we need to be able to share of ourselves, but first we need to be filled ourselves in the presence of God as well. So if we're not careful, the, the people who are the most important to us uh, they get the leftovers when we come home or when we engage in them because life can be so busy. Uh, and we have to make sure that God is our source, not just ourselves, not just what looking inside and seeing something inside of us. It's more than that. Ha God has to be our source in our life. Uh, and uh, at this point, you've poured out you know, a, a bunch of yourself into the rest of your family and most of us will spend a large amount of, of who we are on those that are closest to us. If we're married, it's probably going to be our immediate family, then those close friends. And if we're not, then it's probably going to be those immediate friends and family that we have around us. And so we have to be willing to pour into each one of them. Then say you're an adult at this point, and you have your own parents, and of course you're out of the house, and uh, maybe your parents are living near you, so you have to decide, you know, I got I to gotta pour into their lives. This is a nice little cup here, says First Assembly. Okay, we're going to use this one. We call, call this Grandma. And uh, so, your, so your mom, so your mom is near you somewhere, or may, maybe she's not. Maybe she's halfway across the country. And, uh, and so sometimes that happens, and that's the way it is for my wife. Her, her parents are halfway across the country, and, and so what do you do? You, you have to pick up the phone, right? If they, if they don't email, that doesn't work very well, and some do, some don't. So you, so you have to do a little pouring into the life of maybe your mom or your dad and, and, and fill them up. <laughs> now, now look what happens. I mean, you're getting down there, but, but you have to pour into their lives because you care for them. You care for them, and you need to show them care, and you need to show that honor and respect to them because they deserve it. Maybe, maybe you're at odds with them. Maybe you're at odds. Maybe things aren't really working out like you thought they would, but, but you have to be able to, to be willing to uh, bite the bullet, so to speak, and, and say, you, you know what, I, I love you, and maybe you need to let some forgiveness happen. And it's at that point you can do that and make sure that you're pouring into them forgiveness. You may say, well, you know what, I don't, I don't know about that. They had never were kind to me. But you have to be able to reach out and share that love of Christ to them. It may simply be thanking them for doing the best they could with what they had. Remember, you were one of their kids. <laughs> you know, you know, I, I kind of wonder about that now and then, thinking, 
Mom and Dad, you, you did a good job for what you had. <laughs> and so, you know, you think about that, but thank them for what, what they did, even though they may not have been able to do the perfect job because they didn't have the perfect kids. But even then, on top of that, there's challenges. I have a friend uh, that, uh, a former roommate when I was in college some years back, and uh, uh, this guy, he, he's a friend of mine, and his dad, I remember him talking with me about his dad over the years, and uh, we prayed for him all the time. He had not come to faith. In fact, his dad had, he had, uh, was a successful businessman, and he went off on his own way and, and uh, left uh, my friend and his mom to fend for themselves, and uh, probably wasn't the best scenario. And uh, I know my friend prayed for him, and I prayed with him off and on, and uh, over the years, and uh, the thing is, is he could have, he could have like said, you know what, I don't want to have anything to do with you, and I understand that that stuff is painful, uh, but he didn't do that, and by this, this time, he, he's a young adult, and he looks and, and reaches out towards his dad and shares the love of God with him, and, uh, and really, he's really pouring into his life. He pours into his dad, dad's life, and that was pretty kind. And you, you would say, how, how could he do that? But he does. He pours into his life. He loves him now. And recently, I saw that his dad passed away, and I don't know if he came to faith or not. I'm not sure. He didn't say, uh, but I know that the investment that he invested in him, a friend of mine, was, was really amazing. And we have to make sure we don't uh, cut those bridges down, burn those bridges, but we try to work to keep them going and even poor in their lives. So th then you may have others in your lives. Maybe it's your in-laws. Maybe it's your, you know, sorry, I'm going to mess this up and I'm going to dump this out. <laughs> but uh, I, it's okay, don't worry, just pretend it's lower. So um, anyhow, so yeah, I guess I could use that other cup over there. Uh, so we got this here, and, and uh, you, maybe it's your in-laws. So, you, hey, be kind. You need to at least give them something. Give them something, guys. <laughs> hey, you got, you got to be kind. You got to be respectful. No, you, you better give them something. You better share of your life with them. You better be there with them and for them. And uh, sometimes uh, those, those relationships don't always go well. Sometimes those those relationships can be wonderful. And so you have to pour into their lives as well. And by the way, if you didn't remember this, if you're married, of course, they're, and they're your in-laws, you married their kid, for goodness sake. Think about that. We spend most of our reserves that we have on those that are closest to us, and maybe you need to be pouring into their love bank, the love bank of your friend, maybe those you attend church with, interact with others and, and give of yourselves. But there's some things we have to remember. When you pour out and you pour out, you consider that you have to be refilled, right? You have to be refilled because you're, 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 deplete, you're being depleted in some sense. And we have to remember... Uh, that we are not limitless. Only God is limitless. And that's another reason why we must make, as, as people, as human beings, we have to make sure that God is our source. And, and even though Christ is in us, we all have limitations. And, and because of this, we need to be refilled. So you, you have to learn to rely on the Lord and His Word. 
And we all go through times in our lives where we need a high level of encouragement from others around us, but we may go through a loss or maybe a broken relationship uh, and you, you may face a health concern and we need someone to, uh, uh, to help back you up in prayer. All those things are important. It's here that we remember that no person should be an island to themselves. Even, even the Lone Ranger, he had Tonto, right? He, he had him alongside of him and, and, and he, he was helping him out. We all have to have others in our lives that help us. And it's interesting that Jesus himself had the disciples. He had the disciples, but he also realized that there was one place that he was really going to need to go to be filled. That was the Father. He went to the Father. And we can find Jesus after he poured himself out for others, for others being refilled. And I think this is, goes more than just in the sense of ministry. It goes in our lives as individuals uh, and each and every one of us. And we, we find as early as Mark chapter 1, Jesus doing this. In Mark chapter 1, verse 35 to 37, it says this, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions were ready to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everybody's looking for you. What are you doing, Jesus? You're out of here. You're off by yourself. We're looking for you. Where do you go? <laughs> it sounds, kind of, sounds like a, a parent at home where everybody says, Hey, where's mom? <laughs> Do you ever have that happen? Hey, where's mom? Or hey, where's dad? We're looking for them. We, we need something. And uh, so it sounds like that. But there we find Jesus getting away and getting refueled. And everyone's looking for him. Even his disciples are trying to find him. But he's taking the time to be refilled so he could pour out to others. Do you ever have that time maybe at home where you have to get away? If you're, if you're a single mom, too, you, that's even harder. You have to be able to find a place to say, hey, I need to, I need to go over here. Kids, you need to stay over there. Uh, it, same with dad. Sometimes it doesn't matter who you are. You have to be able to get, take that alone time to be able to connect with God and to refocus so that when, it's time, when the time comes, you can pour out again, right? That you can pour into their lives. You need to be able to do that to be able to get away. So we need to be filled up through worship, through prayer, so we can share ourselves with our families, with our friends, and with others around us. Jesus tells us over in John chapter 14, verses 15 and 16. He says this, If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate or comforter to help you and be with you forever the spirit of truth, the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, and he's there to comfort and strengthen us. The Holy Spirit is with us and can provide for us what no one else can provide for us. He's available for us as followers of Jesus. Relationships are important, but earlier I mentioned that since the heart is significant, make sure uh, that you're connected to God as your source, not just others, uh, when, you, when we look to other people to be our source, our sole source, 
whether it's one of our kids or a spouse or a friend, it will put a strain on our relationships and it can end up leaving us more empty than we were before. And here's that question again, who's responsible for what's in your heart? You are. I'm not responsible for what you hold in your heart and you're not responsible for what I hold in my heart. But here's where we must be careful not to have excessive emotional reliance on another person. And that's what we call codependency, where a person relies on other people for approval and a sense of identity. And it's when that person looks to someone else to take responsibility for how they are feeling and thinking. And some would say it this way, that they're plunging into or relying on people, places, or things as a source of life. And once you've poured yourself and your life into others, you're left with an empty pitcher and you are there waiting for them to pour back into you. But all the people that you receive love from are limited. Every person, we're all limited, aren't we? And that's why we need to make sure that God is our source as we follow Him. And when you plug into someone who's limited, you're just going to end up more desperate. You have to be able to set boundaries when somebody totally depends on you. Uh, even Jesus did. We find that there in Mark. Jesus did that over time. You can see that throughout the Gospels, how he did that. Proverbs 25 says this. It says, seldom set foot in your neighbor's house, too much of you, and they will hate you. <laughs> like, whoa, okay. It's like the old saying about uh, 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 fish stinks in three days or however they say that. I don't know. But, but we have to recognize there has to be a limitation. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't spend time with our neighbors or our family or our friends, uh, but they should not be our only source. We need one another. Yes, that's normal. That, that's good. But we should make sure that God is our source as well. Just as Jesus went to the Father as his source, we need to keep the Lord our source. Prayer and the word and worship, those are key things for us as followers of Jesus. Desperation causes us to do some interesting things, some real interesting things. One person may hear that the local store is going to stop selling a product, so they buy up as much as they can. Have you ever done that? I, and we've done it before where we know, hey, they're quitting to make it. I'm on that gluten-free diet, and when the store says they're going to quit selling this, it's like, oh, let's buy as much as we can and throw it in the freezer, right? We tend to do that as humans. And, and we see that even in the Old Testament when the children of Israel, when they were leaving after they had left, uh, and they had left Egypt, and they get out, and they're out in the wilderness, and, and uh, the, God, God gave them manna as food, and they were only supposed to take as much as they would eat. Anything else they kept for the next day, would, it would eventually just rot. And so, really, fear was at the root of their desperation, and they had to learn that God was their source he was their source. They had to trust him, and sometimes in families, a child or even an adult who is desperate will look for unhealthy friendships or relationships to cover over their desperation. You have to remember that God is your source, that your source is not your spouse or your parent or, or friends or others, but you must remember that God is. John 14, 16, again, he, 
He says he will give you another comforter or an advocate to, to be with you forever. The Holy Spirit is available to you. Scripture tells us that once we are born again, that, that, that we have been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Some may see their adult child as their source as well. And, uh, and you see how successful they are and then have had the opportunity to brag about their accomplishments. And there's, there's nothing wrong with being proud of your kid for their accomplishments. That's a good thing. Uh, but but they, they, if they are your source, it says, oh yeah, I did something right. Well, but what will happen if they mess up in public and then we think, uh, then we, think we messed up? <laughs> you see, your kid is the source uh, of self-worth uh, and what, you're go- what are you going to do when they have a meltdown at Dylan's? <laughs> what, what are you going to do at that point, you know? So, some may have tried to uh, tie themselves to their parents as their source and uh, unhook from them as your source of life and look to God who is your true source. I'm not saying to push them out of your life. That's not what we're saying at all. Uh, that's what we, we can't do that. But I, I'm just saying that we need to let God be our source of life. As Christ said in John chapter 14, verse 16, he will give you another comforter. He'll give you another advocate to be with you forever. For some, they, they've, been, they've been your source for life, and yet you're at odds with them. You have to be willing to forgive them and move on and allow God to work in their lives. And don't wait for them. Don't wait for them to apologize. As we wrap up this morning, as we come to a close here, we recognize this, that we're all guilty of trying to fill up on someone else uh, at some point or the other. And uh, this, this week, take some time to think about who you've, uh, uh, who you've made your source. Are you making God your source or is it other people in your life? It doesn't mean that we shouldn't have relationships. Relationships are important. We need to interact with one another. We need to care for one another. But we have to understand that once, we've under, uh, once we identify that person that we have just totally made our source, we need to look to the Lord then and let them go and recognizing that that is a step forward as we move forward in our faith and our relationship. And remember that He is your source of life, not this person or that person or another person. doesn't mean you don't need others. We all need others, don't we? We need one another. They're important. But know where your life comes from. Would you stand with me this morning? Be willing to pour into your family. Be willing to pour into your friends' lives. Just remember that you need to be refilled yourself as a follower of Jesus. God has a plan for each and every one of us. Just remember, you you can be refilled though, right? As we go into his presence, he can fill us up. We don't, we're not refilled just simply because everybody else puts stuff back into us or they pour their life back into us. And there, there is that interchange, but more than anything, we need the interchange between us and Him so that it can be right. Let's pray. Father, we thank You this morning for this day. We thank You, Lord, that You are working in us as families. Uh, Father God, we, we are not perfect families. None of us are, but we, what we recognize is is that we need you as our source. It's not our friend, it's not our co-worker, it's not our brother, our sister, our parent. 
Father God, uh, we ask you to be our source this morning and help us as we look to you so that, Father, as, as you are our source, then we can pour into others around us because you've put good things in us, things in the heart. And that, Father God, in our behavior, that we, the things that we live out, the actions that we live out, may they come from a heart that is open to you and is allowing you to work in us, Father. We love you and we give you thanks, Father, this morning.